welcome to a special Monday edition of Wallowing in the Shallows, the podcast that skirts the perilous drop-off of a deep dive into television and movies. We are academic nerds aspiring to become TV and movie geeks. There are no spoiler guards in the shallows, so listen at your own risk. This week, join us for a wallow in Loki Season 2. Hey, hello, peeps. Welcome to Wallowing in the Shallows. This is Tori. And this is Rebecca. And we are talking about Loki Season 2, Episode 6, the last episode of Season 2, and perhaps the last episode ever. Yeah, purpose. Yeah, I can't imagine a season three (laughs) based on how it is. I mean, this is the most, this is the hardest part for me is Loki's journey over. Is this, is have we seen all of Tom Hiddleston we will see in the MCU? Yeah. Now that I don't, I don't think, I I think he'll be back. Yes. I just don't think it'll be in a series. It'll be in a movie. Okay. I can accept that. It might be the only thing I'm right about with this whole thing. Well, I <laughs> like, must. I've been wrong about everything. Oh my gosh. When he actually, will get there. But when we he actually went out on that platform, I'm like, oh, I said it should have been you going mm-hmm. out there. <laughs> you mm-hmm. are a god and you mm-hmm. have all your powers. Yeah. And that's exactly what happened. But anyway, I've been wrong about a great deal of things. <laughs> <laughs> Just add them to the list. Yeah. Well, I mean, I hope it's not the last time we see some of the characters from here. Oh, me too. I, I'm thinking, you know, when the big hang war comes up, we might see like B-15 and some of the people from the TVA Mm -hmm. just because of the nature of that. And clearly they're watching the Kang variants now. So yes, I don't know. We'll see. So do we want it at all before we begin, give general impressions or just jump right in? Let's just jump right in. Okay. Okay. Well, my first thing is what were your thoughts about the music at the beginning well with the I wrote, yeah i wrote down it was quite discordant <laughs> and chaotic which makes sense right because of the time loom stuff going yes. on and um i mean i think i heard choirs choirs singing but i couldn't figure out what they were singing if they were just doing kind of stuff or if there were actual words that i could not tell I so desperately wanted Eric Voss's diagnosis to come out first because Mm -hmm. I wanted to hear what he had to say about this. But I have to say, later, I didn't feel it was so. But at the beginning, Mm -hmm. I felt like it was something playing backwards. Oh, Paul is dead. Exactly. Hmm. I And I have no way of playing it the other way you know Mm -hmm, to mm -hmm. to validate that hypothesis and i think that later that wasn't the case because there did seem to be some chorus stuff Mm -hmm. but at the beginning it just kind of had that you know kind of Mm -hmm. sound that when something's going backwards like what was that show twin peaks right all that talking backwards has kind of a distinctive sound and that's that's what I thought. So I'll hmm. be very interested. Leave a comment if you know. <laughs> <laughs> because that that is kind of what, what struck me. Yeah. 
yeah, it was quite jarring. Yeah. To to yes. have that start. So wow. So we have the rewind. Mm-hmm. Loki is back. And it the first thing I say is he's not stopping timely. Timely, he's still sending timely out. Yeah, that didn't make sense to me because he even says, you know, we've got to get Timely out of there, but then he doesn't do anything to get him out of there. Yeah. That didn't make any sense. I just wrote down, huh? Maybe I missed something, but it sounds like you kind of had the same impression. I did. And my only explanation is it was a run through to sort of remind him of the facts. And he he had every intention of rewinding again, Mm -hmm. which he seems to do ungodly number of times <laughs> yes for centuries geez and so you know the first thing he thinks is faster faster will do it you know i'll just cut mm-hmm. people off i'll just get right cut right to the chase let's just do this whole last scene faster mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. yeah and so we get we get this real groundhog day situation going on right right which... he goes go ahead Yo, no, go ahead. I was going to say most of the people I listened to last week, post Loki, um, were yes. saying that's what this episode was going to be a lot of, and none of them were very happy about it. <laughs> well, I must admit, I wasn't happy about it at first because I thought, great, none of the stakes were real, et cetera, et cetera. Mm-hmm. But by the end of it, the things did happen, right? So he was trying to circumvent the last little bit mm-hmm. but something majorly different had to happen so i was then at peace with it by the time we got to the ending if just mm-hmm. going a little bit faster was going to do the trick then i would have found that unsatisfying mm-hmm. but i ended up find, finding the actual inter, uh, ending satisfying and i found as the groundhog day stuff went along I began to find it hilarious. And so I was very entertained, (laughs) especially when he starts to go all the way back to to the model and just cutting everybody out. And I'm out to get Obi's job. (laughs) You know, this sort of stuff. Just, just, nope, look, I put my head in. It's safe. It's fine. You put yours in. Let me take your glasses. Don't forget to do his latch. I mean, just all this stuff. I really started to find that quite amusing and got caught up with it. Yeah. <laughs> I kept wondering, is Tom Hiddleston actually speaking that fast or have they just kind of sped up his speech for him? Because I was like, that dude is talking fast. It's really true. It's really true. And and Sylvie saying, Loki, why are you being so weird? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it really mm-hmm. And I like the music they were using. What was that? A fifth of Beethoven at this point? Or is that later? I, I can't. Re- I, I, I know exactly what you're talking about. Yeah. But I don't know exactly at which iteration that occurred. Yeah. I just thought it really promoted the urgency mm-hmm. of what was going on. So.
And I did wonder if Victor Timely always squeaked every time he met OB. <laughs> he does that, you know, yes. did you catch it? Yeah. Yes, so. which he definitely did the first time. I think we talked about his squeak the first time. Yeah, and I know he squeaked in this episode because I did catch that. And I and he keeps yeah. calling Loki wizard. <laughs> Loved it. I've got one of those quotes down at some point. <laughs> so I don't have too much more to say about those rewinds until Loki decides to just say, OB, I need you to tell me everything, you know, everything yeah. that you know, essentially. Yes. So yeah. do you have anything before that line? Not particularly. I mean, I did have a comment when, you know, Victor Timely spaghettifies again that, you know, you hear Casey in the background going, it wasn't me, I swear, which was a little bit more funny this time, right? Because now we know he was a thief and an Alcatraz. Mm -hmm. So mm -hmm. I did wonder why nobody was seeing him slip. Yes. Would, when it's not a pretty sight. <laughs> Yes, I wondered if he kind of got it to be more subtle and they they left some of it for us so that we could know the moment the old became the new, yeah. but maybe it was difficult to discern. Yeah. Did you? Okay, I guess I did have a little bit more than I thought. Let's go for it. I've been trying to figure out what the relevance of Victor Timely's pumpkin comment meant. Oh my gosh. I had the same. Now we're not there yet, actually. I jumped this ahead is, a little bit. That, but that's that's fine. I have I have timely pumpkins question mark. I did not know what that reference was, but it did struck me as it did strike me as what you know something. Okay. I wished I had explained. Okay, maybe Voss. Did you have, have any theories? No, I have none. I'm like, what the hell does that mean? Okay. I was trying to think of. Unless it was a Cinderella reference, right? Like it's almost midnight. We're all going to turn into pumpkins. <laughs> That's the That's... only thing I can think of. But would that even was that even a story in in the eighteen nineties? No. I, when did the Cinderella myth come? Is that that's I not a Grimm story, is it? I have no idea. Cinderella. Now I have. Well, to while you're out. Go you ahead. go for it. While you're oh. looking it up, I I just do have to go to the exact texts okay. right before they said centuries later obi how long will it take me to know everything that you know about mechanics physics and engineering how much do you know let's assume i don't know much but i'm a fast learner and i'm a god <laughs> <laughs> yeah and then for for OB to say decades and timely to say centuries. And then we got to centuries later. I just absolutely loved. <laughs> and then soon after we have Casey say, Loki, I'm not questioning your surprisingly advanced engineering skills. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that was funny. I did enjoy that piece of it. Okay, go ahead and take us back to Cinderella. Well, it's a pretty damn old story. Okay. So it's a folk tale with thousands of variants that are told throughout the world. So the first one was first recounted, good Lord, between 7 BC and AD 23. Okay. A, so uh, quite possible for Timely to have known about it. <laughs> yeah. The Brothers Grimm, they published their version in 1812. Okay. Um, I don't. I'd have to spend more time reading more closely to see if the pumpkin 
thing is more recent or because I mean, of course it's in Disney, but, mm -hmm. but I don't know where the pumpkin comes from. But anyways, that's the only thing I can actually think about it. So, well, it's way better than mine because I'd come up with Zippo. <laughs> <laughs> oh gosh. Yeah. I mean, Loki's tenacity for going over and over again. I mean, this character arc, and we'll get more to that as we come to the end. Right. But this willingness to do this, I, I mean, the old Loki would never have spent this much time, you know, mm -hmm. <laughs> doing something that wasn't solely for himself. Right. You know? Well, and I mean, this is, he wants these people to be okay, and but there's an element of caring there's obviously an element of caring about something bigger than himself here which is yeah. really amazing to see and amazing to see the tenacity at which he goes about doing it yeah i kept wondering particularly after this is after the pumpkins comment and victor timely realizes that you can't scale infinite or he says that and i thought yes. is this really the first time he's realizing that and then when the loom fails, you know, and everything's starting to blow up again. And he says, I'm sorry. I was like, what's he apologizing for? And then there's later in one of the scenes when everybody's going up to the window to watch Loki, Victor Tyler gives him a strange look. Mm. And I'm like, hmm. So I'm still trying to figure out how much of all of this is still he who remains plan. Right. You know, does he, did he need Loki to sit on that throne and power all the timelines? Hmm. So I'm not convinced that Loki isn't still playing out. He who remains time or plan. Still a puppet. Yeah. Yeah. Interesting theory. I mean, it clearly tried to make us believe that Loki broke the wheel, if you will, and right. did something outside of the choices that right. he who remains had given. But right. Right. maybe it was exactly what he thought Loki, what he wanted Loki to do. Yeah, yeah. I kept going, just kill her already. <laughs> yeah. Oh my gosh. Like, geez. Yeah, we will get we will get to that because I was sure that was coming at least in one iteration. Yeah. Uh, I just want to jump back to again this time that he finally has everything right. He's able to type in the password so quickly. The whole mm -hmm. Obi, somebody's coming up, coming for your job. And mm -hmm. Obi says, What the shit are you doing? And <laughs> Timely says he thinks it's all seems a bit rushed and mm -hmm. he says only to you trust me if you stop you die <laughs> and, <laughs> and you know we, we just know this has happened over and over and over again and this is the time everything goes perfectly the button's a little sticky keep going at it mm -hmm. and still doesn't work still doesn't work and we get the line did it work wizard and yes. it seems like it does and then we get right to what you're talking about the readings are off, the loom overloading again, you can't divide by zero, the branching is infinite, this isn't going to work. Right. And Loki realizes even doing everything perfectly, this was doomed to happen. And this idea of, okay, let's go back to try to see if we can stop Sylvie killing Kang. Let's go to the next point that might have made a difference. 
Yeah, it seems like it didn't really matter which of the two options, right, that he who remains talks about, that he did, didn't really matter to him which one it was because he kind of figured each into his plan. Mm-hmm. That makes sense. So, yes. um, so I'm still, yeah, I don't know. I don't know where I was going with that. So let's just. Move on. Okay. Well, to me, it sounds like he thought he had the, all the branches covered, whichever way Loki would go, that, that his purposes, his intent would mm-hmm. still come through. Right. I thought that's what you were kind of trying to say. Well, it is. Yeah. And, and it's still why I'm not convinced that, that what actually happened still, wasn't right. another one. Right. 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 I mean, he who remains supposed to be this kind of all-powerful, all-seeing individual. So why wouldn't he see that? Yeah. And I, I just need to take a moment to jump into the the Loki trying to stop Sylvie loop, mm-hmm. which I thought at least one of them was going to be him killing Sylvie. That didn't end up happening. And her accusing him of wanting a throne and yeah. Loki saying, the last thing I want is a throne. When we have earlier in season one, he him saying a throne is exactly what he wants. And so we have this evolution from that to the last thing I want is to have that to him realizing that is the burden of his pur- of his glorious purpose that he does need to sit on this throne all by himself. So I kind of liked that oscillation back and forth in the development. Well, yeah, I mean, it even predates the series, right? Because we can go all back oh, yes. all the way back to the first Thor movie through the Avengers. And I mean, everything Loki has done has been about getting his rightful place on the throne. Yes. So, which is another reason why I'm kind of like, he who remains has to have figured this into his plan. Yes. So, because he knows Loki's always been about the throne. But yes, I agree. I mean, what a character arc. Yes. From the first time we see Loki in the MCU through the series to now. I mean, can we make an argument for Loki being the roundest, most developed character in the MCU? <laughs> well, I think we can. Yes. Yes. I might have said it was Wanda prior to this series. Mm-hmm. But I think definitely Loki now. Mm-hmm. And they've had the time to do it. Yes. They've had these 12 episodes and he's had tons of screen time. And we've been able to travel with Loki as he grows into a real boy. And I loved the addition right at this, right around this point with the loops with Sylvie. And then when finally they kind of move forward to the loops with He Who Remains mm-hmm. and Loki says, we die with the dying. We are born with the dead. Mm-hmm. Do you remember him saying that at all? I do. I was like, I was like, oh, that is something. And I looked it up and it is T.S. Eliot from Little Gidding, which is the fourth of his four quartets. Hmm. And I'm just also going to say that Loki said this very intentionally. And my next comment was, not sure Kang knows Eliot because because he who remains looked confused or it didn't strike him at right, all. Right. And so I looked into this little getting a little bit and Loki took two of the lines from four lines that run together that are 
We die with the dying. See, they depart, and we go with them. We are born with the dead. See, they return and bring us with them. And it's kind of astonishing because if you just look at Wikipedia for this little getting, uh-huh. it focuses on the unity of past, present, and future. Oh. I mean, are you kidding me? Wow. <laughs> and uh, this this group of lines here were sort of described as the we die with the dying when someone we know passes, we are reminded that we too will pass. You know, this is this right. thing that we all share. Right. And so we are born with the dead, again, by this one interpreter, indicated that that gives us this renewed vigor for life. Like often when we see something tragic happen to someone we know, we suddenly go at our own lives with this seize the day mentality. Right. And so I just thought it was, well, I love T.S. Eliot. So I loved that T.S. Eliot got thrown in there. I love that Tom Hiddleston said it. (laughs) It was (laughs) one of his lines. And I just couldn't believe that connection with both time and this death and connection to other people and how that affects us that seem to link so beautifully with the show. Yeah. And when he said it, I remember thinking, I think that's something I'm supposed to recognize, but I didn't. And I also caught, it didn't look like he who remains, either he recognized the lines and did not understand or, or, and kind of was wondering why he was kind of nitpicking it or not nitpicking it, but not doing the whole, um, okay, what's it called in poetry? The whole, like doing all the lines together when you have, oh, like a stanza. Thank you. Stanza is the word I was looking for. Or he, because I can't believe he'd never heard them. Right. Because he's he who remains. Yes. Yes. And this is a very small part of even this just one of the four quartets. I did Mm -hmm. go ahead and read the whole thing, but I have stated the things that I thought were most. Yeah, that's quite (laughs) fascinating. And again, kudos to Eric Martin, the writer. The writers for Marvel, I'm always like, dang it. Kind of like with Neil Gaiman and Good Omens, right? It's like, wow, Mm -hmm. your guys' brains clearly work differently than mine <laughs> Very because cool. it's just to bring in this uh, yeah these references to old literature and poetry and things like that I'm always like wow fascinating mm-hmm. fascinating absolutely yeah so back to he who remains right after I didn't think he recognized the Elliot mm-hmm. we see that Loki I mean Loki's become a real-time lord here I mean, he can just zip back and forth to anywhere. He can freeze time. So he who remains thinks he's showing something new. And (laughs) Loki's like, oh, we've been here before. I now have my PhD in physics and engineering. And I now have my PhD in time control. (laughs) Yeah, I did like when he's like, and why do you think we haven't had this conversation before? When he pauses time, I'm like, way to go, Loki. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That would be really uh, confusing. There was a lot I missed the first time around because I was like, wow, things are happening really fast. I'm really not sure what the hell's going on. 
but it, when I was pausing it a lot, it was much easier to kind of figure out some things when I slowed it down. Mm-hmm. So, yes. So, so we learn the loom is a fail safe, right? That it will remove all but the sacred timeline. And I wrote down Loki destined to lose. (laughs) Yeah. But he's determined to find another way. Yeah. I'm confused as to how the loom prevents this brutal war where nothing survives. But I guess maybe we won't get that answer. Well, or maybe we will when we have the big war, the Kang War. Can the war happen if there's only one timeline? Because then theoretically there's only one Kang. Exactly. Mm. Yeah, I guess. I guess. That was, that was my only thought. Must be. Must be. But can we even trust the one even with the just the one king and the one sacred timeline, can we really trust him? And not I would say any, no. not any further than we can throw him. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, I really like the scene with Mobius and Loki in the time theater. Me too. I mean, there's not very subtle foreshadowing going on, but it was a great conversation between the two of them. And I wasn't surprised to learn that Mobius had been a hunter. Yes. And I and that Renslayer was his partner. And that Mobius couldn't kill an eight-year-old boy like his sons. Yeah. You know, when he said that the two the boys were playing and jumping off the dock. I was like, of course, on some level, that mm-hmm. remind even if it was like something that happened after the time or the mind wipe, on some deep level, he was reminded of his sons. And yeah, of course he's not gonna kill these kids and i loved his saying you know most purpose is more burden than glory i loved that i have that down as well yeah you go mobius wise and i must i must admit at this moment with the discussion about renslayer i was i was like will we even see renslayer in miss minutes you know i i guess i thought they would both be a bigger part of this episode Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and we did see both of them right but very minor very minor parts to be played here yeah and it leaves me wondering well how many of the characters are we going to see in the mm-hmm. future mcu i mean we hear very good Iolith, right at the end there with renslayer or does she get yes eaten by him or does she survive that i don't know mm-hmm I'll tell you. Mm-hmm. No. And of course, ironically, she's right on top of that seal. Yes. The CBA seal. So I don't know. I don't know. Yes. So do you have any more you'd like to say about the Mobius Loki conversation? No. I did really like how, even though Mobius did not reveal initially that it was him who couldn't do the killing. Right. That Loki Loki absolutely knew yes. that it was him. Yeah. I, I'm wondering, like, how many times have they had this conversation? And does he get a little bit more each time? Right. 
right? Mm. And I kind of like to believe that even the first time he heard it, he knew mm. who he meant just mm-hmm. because of his relationship with Mobius. But could have been that it was, I mean, at least he wasn't speaking for him. I mean, so much right. earlier is like, no, get through this. I've done this before. I, I know all this, you know, and, right. and Mobius is even like, okay, looks like someone got a hold of the set list. You know, like, <laughs> How do you know all this stuff? But he did not do that during the story. So that kind of made me think maybe this was the first loop where he'd gotten this. But uh, could be. I don't, yeah, I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. Then we move to another important discussion, essentially the, I call it the Loki asking Sylvie if it's okay if he kills her conversation. (laughs) (laughs) I did like her comment. Well, I'm not going to, I don't have it written down word for word, but I'm not going to give you my blessing to kill me. (laughs) Exactly. Exactly. And Loki saying, you know, her her being so adamant, beating the drum about free will and Loki saying, but what good is free will if everyone is dead? Yeah. Yeah. I have to, I'm still kind of like, man, that woman is single-minded. Mm-hmm. And it still annoys me. Even though what she said, you know, who are you to be the one to say we shouldn't go down fighting or whatever she said. Yeah. Which I agree with, but I was like, God, I'm so tired of your sanctimonious. Yes, yes. But yeah, I mean, you know, what she says does make Loki think, what is option mm-hmm. C? <laughs> yeah. What and and so I, 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 in fact, wrote down, what's she going to do now, Loki? <laughs> <laughs> I was happy that we got one last hair flip <laughs> oh, as my the doors gosh. to the loom room opened. Oh, yes. Yeah. He's doing it himself. And I said, I thought he should have, I thought it should have been him from the beginning. <laughs> Loki's doing it for himself. Yes. And here's where I greatly feared, I have written in all caps, not the end of Loki. <laughs> <laughs> I have written down, love, love, love the transition from the street clothes to the Loki God costume. That yes. was amazing. Yes, I had only wished there would be a little bare chest space right between, but uh, <laughs> we didn't see that. Went right to the outfit. The only thing I didn't like were the shoes. <laughs> they were like little slippers. Yes, I was like, okie dokie. Little elven slippers. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I, <laughs> I was like, okay, so Loki grabs a timeline shoots some juice through it some of his magic mm-hmm. and then when he lets it go it continues to die is which I, I didn't really catch that the first time around and then he just starts grabbing onto all of them and, and this is actually I think came from one of the uh, guys I was listening to afterwards yes. that um and was it Michael Roman or Warren Thompson um I guess it doesn't really matter but that he you know, Loki figures out he has to hold on to them and continually be pushing power through them for the yes. branches to survive. Yes. Which I thought was interesting. But I also thought the symbolism, like when he um, tears the the hole through time to get to the end of time place, mm-hmm. I thought, well, that looks really vaginal. 
Mm-hmm. And I was like, there's some symbolism there, right? Rebirth of the timelines and mm-hmm. all these branches and the kind of the rebirth of Loki as a real god or yes. the and or the replacement of he who remains. Mm-hmm. I thought, oh, that's kind of symbolism there. It was also a little bit reminiscent of Stranger Things. <laughs> I like it. I like it. You said that so eloquently. My notes are magic trump science. <laughs> <laughs> and then just grabbing myself a little bunch of time, giving it some Loki power. <laughs> mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And I liked how his cloak kind of became branches. Yes. And stuff. I mean, that whole visualization from the moment he walks out into the loom room is really cool. Yes. Everything that's happening there. Definitely. I thought, I thought that was so beautifully done visually. Mm -hmm. Sylvie Mm -hmm. says he's giving us a chance. I'm thinking he is indeed burdened so literally with this Mm -hmm. glorious purpose, Purpose, even, even his, you know, he's got this cape of time really Mm -hmm. around Mm -hmm. him and the timelines have been (laughs) locified. Yeah. Now basically Loki is he who remains. Yes. He's the one at the yes. end of time. He is. And it just does seem like, I don't know, he who remains didn't seem to be doing much. He had his he had his loom in place or whatever, the TVA, whereas it seems like Loki cannot leave his post. Right. right? Just like you said, right. just touching, just touching the strand doesn't do it. He needs to give he he needs to give of himself right. continually. Yes. In order to keep all of this going. Right. What an what a act of generosity and selflessness yes. Yes. to give up all of his own desires yes. to keep this going. Yes. Yeah. I mean, what and, greater character oh, art can you have, right? To go from being <gasps> the most selfish yes. of beings to this quite unselfish, willing to sacrifice themselves. Mm-hmm. for not just his friends but everybody yes the true god you know what you would imagine a god should do right <laughs> sacrifice yes. for the for the for the lowly beings that can't yes. do themselves and he said something on his walk up something about like now now i'm going to be the god i meant to be or some something yes. along those lines yeah that, yeah that this is what he realized uh he needed to do. Yes. Now there were two things that I don't have a specific person to credit because it was while I was searching YouTube for the latest rock star video <laughs> was the image one that Loki God of Stories. I don't know if people had gotten it from the particular costuming he was in, uh-huh. but this sort of idea of the ultimate God of Stories in that he's keeping all stories alive with right. what he's doing. And the image of we'd we'd seen time represented in this loom with these bright orange branches. Then they showed the green branches and how much it looked like Yggdrasil, the tree of Yggdrasil, life. Yeah, 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 yeah. Which I picked so, up on, but I didn't think. Well, actually, because I think we would talked about this Norse tree mythology earlier, but I couldn't really find it in my notes. So it must have been something that came up during a discussion yeah so i was like why did we talk about this earlier and i did a little bit of research because i 
I'm not super familiar with Norse mythology. So I was like, is Me Loki either. really connected with the world tree that much? I, and I still have not found an answer that really connects Loki that closely with uh, Yggdrasil. Mm -hmm. But I did recognize it as the Norse world tree. Mm. Beautiful. I mean, that whole sequence was astonishingly well done. I yeah. thought, and very touching, you know, very, I was moved by it as well. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And I liked that when we get to the TVA after, you know, the posters now have the world tree on them. Oh, and I we... am so glad you said that. I did not, I did not see that. <laughs> yeah, it's right when uh, B-15 comes, I don't know, walking out of an elevator or through a door or something. I was like, oh, look, the posters now have the world tree on them. Wow. So clearly showing, you know, the TVA is trying to change. Although why the hell are they trying to bring back Miss Minutes? OB, Casey, what the hell? Yes, I suppose that my understanding was because she's been rebooted, mm -hmm. all the old Miss Minutes is gone. And her function in the TVA was rather helpful, just what her abilities to be able to do mm -hmm. were, you know, mm -hmm. kind of like, kind of like in Star Trek when they can just ask the ship to do something, you know, right, right, right. <laughs> it seemed like she sort of possessed that as her base functions, yeah. but it was this AI development of her personality that had gotten so rogue and out of control. So that was, that was what I thought was the purpose well and they i mean they have to assume i mean they're making an assumption that a kang variant isn't going to get into the tva or somehow you know be able to manipulate miss minutes again and we have no idea if that's going to happen right i mean we don't even know what happens yeah. to victor timely no he gets we do back not. to his timeline i mean we see mm -hmm. him there as a child yes on his timeline yes. but what and happened with to that the child with that child, didn't it look like we were seeing the moment when the manual was supposed to be put in his window and it was not? Yes, that's what I yeah. uh, garnered from that scene. So perhaps then, I mean, but why should this Victor Timely disappear? Mm -hmm. The adult Victor Timely from the TVA. I don't know. It's kind of confusing. Yeah. Kind of confusing. Yeah. Well. It's not the only thing. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I was surpri not surprised that Mobius decided to leave the TVA, but I'm not super crazy about where they left him, just kind of standing outside his house, basically. Yeah. But I did like the kind of callback, you know, they show Mobius with just the blue background behind him. Which is kind of a throwback to, or a callback to, when we see Mobius uh, on the personal watercraft yes, with the fake, yes. with the fake blue background behind him. <laughs> yeah, I mean, like, yeah, yeah. I thought that was kind of an interesting. I, I like that part of it, but I didn't really care that they just kind of leave him standing there. And I'm like, does this mean we're never going to see Mobius again? Is he going to come back to the TVA at some point? And really, what's the mm -hmm. purpose? Because how can can he actually reintegrate into that old life at some point or what? I don't know. Got lots mm -hmm. of questions. One thing I did like about where they left it was him saying, I'm just going to let some time pass. Yeah. 
and that Loki's sacrifice is the reason that this can be done without fear that the line will disintegrate or whatever mm-hmm, mm-hmm. is that it's it's his friend's sacrifice that is making that simple thing possible to just mm-hmm. stand there and let time pass. Yeah. Yeah. Hmm. Lots but of- unsatisfying to just have yeah, it was. left there. Yeah, yeah. I I agree with that. I do agree with that. I think that's my my overall kind of takeaway from this last episode is I'm actually quite unsatisfied. Hmm. <laughs> Even though I love Loki's arc. Mm-hmm. Again, from the first time we see Loki and Thor, the first Thor movie, to this point, I love that arc. Yes. And even better than, you know, when he dies in the, on the sacred timeline, Oh, I, yes. this arc is just so much more rich. And, yes. and so I love that, but I'm just really unsatisfied. So probably yes. because I'm trying to figure out what all this means for the mcu i didn't really find any hints and what what the hell no post-credit scene oh that killed me i was pissed (laughs) i worked very hard to find one i fought the moving on to another suggestion everything else to to get to the very end of the very end and nothing that was that was disappointing to me yeah i am not left nearly as unsatisfied as you are because I guess I cared less about its broader connection to mm-hmm. the MCU. Mm-hmm. I can certainly understand why that is of value to you. Mm-hmm. I think I get lost about the MCU's big direction all the time. <laughs> <laughs> and so me not really following how it links up to everything else is nothing new. So I was much more satisfied with how this story finished and i did there were loose ends i mean i don't like where mobius ended up i Mm -hmm. don't like really not having an answer about timely right but i i so loved where loki went yeah i agree totally i i was satisfied enough i was satisfied enough left with some questions so i would say that that was more my my final impression as opposed to being left unsatisfied i did satisfied with questions (laughs) satisfied with questions i am not i want the answers i did wonder if there had originally been a post-credit scene but with the whole jonathan majors situation and they're and they're making all these changes you know moving forward that things they've been talking about releasing or either getting postponed while they rework things, or I think they might even drop some projects and so forth. So I'm wondering if they drop the post-credit scene because they're not exactly sure where things are going to be going. I think that's an excellent theory. Because I heard, again, on one of my channels, Mm -hmm. that RDJ and Chris Evans have both already signed to come back (sighs) to Secret Wars. Wow. And then... and. Which opens up the possibility, right? Because we have all these different branches now of Mm -hmm. them staying on. And I'm like, yes, please. Yes, please. Oh, sure. Sure. So. That's what's so terrible about my guy. My guy, (laughs) Loki. Yeah. The last last thing I wrote down was 
Loki is everything everywhere all at once. (laughs) (laughs) Yes. I kind of wanted to see somehow in the fallout, you know, hints of the fact that Loki was the one keeping everything going. I don't know if it would be a green tinge or, you know, I I don't know. But the fact that it is this God that is giving life to everything i Mm -hmm. sort of wanted to see some thumbprint of that (laughs) well i didn't see the whole video but i saw a thumbnail on youtube for one of the guys and they have a picture of dr strange with the time stone and the picture of loki right at the end of or right when he's getting ready to move into the citadel area beyond beyond time Uh and so maybe that's why the time stone's always been green Oh, well, I like that. So perhaps, perhaps, perhaps. And I totally missed the quantum mania reference that Mobius made. Mobius, when Mobius and B-15 were talking, did you catch it? Uh, I don't think so. Please enlighten me. So I have to credit this to the guy's name is Michael Roman. He's on Everything Always channel on YouTube. So when they're talking about uh, they're kind of keeping an eye on the Kang variants and he's like there was a little kind of dust up in the 616 and adjacent universe oh. that's the quantum mania Ant-Man reference with Kang because he's in that one I was like oh, my oh gosh. that makes sense oh I'm glad you I'm glad you have that information yeah. because that's an important connection yeah and both him and um, well again this Michael Roman he was talking about how now Loki is kind of one of the most powerful entities in all of the MCU and that he's really come into his powers now. And this is why yeah. he says he's definitely going to be back because he's now become kind of a key component <laughs> to the multiverse, even running it all. Excellent. Excellent. <laughs> I want Loki to be indispensable. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. So I was like, oh, wow. And um, Warren Thompson, again, the guy from Cosmic Wonder, who I've mentioned several Mm -hmm. times in our uh, series here, he talks about how the Loki series itself is an Ouroboros. Oh. Because I did catch, right, the very first episode in season one was called Glorious Purpose. And of course, this last episode of season two is called Glorious Purpose. And, you know, and he was talking about how It's always, you know, for Loki, always been about this throne. And even when he realized it's not really what he wanted, he ended up there anyways. And so kind of this Ouroboros. Yeah. I was like, wow, nice. I haven't seen any videos with the Easter egg breakdowns or anything like that. These two guys were just really talking about the ending itself. Mm -hmm. So Mm -hmm. it'll be interesting. I'm looking forward to looking at those. And I actually started listening to... Marvel Cinematic Universe podcast because they were talking about it and then I, and I turned it off I was like you know what I don't want to I don't want to before mm-hmm. we record ours I didn't that it I didn't want to hear what they were all saying about it but those three I mean one of the guys is obsessed about the series <laughs> he's like yeah, it's the best it's the best Marvel <laughs> so I think it's pretty good it's damn good <laughs> yeah no I like the series a lot and, you know, as somebody who often, I mean, I'm so used to operating in the gray area, right? Because anthropology is all about the gray areas. But damn it, I'm just, I'm really unsatisfied. 
because I wanted answers, wanted more answers. And I have uh, more questions now than I do any kind of answers. Yeah. Except that it really is not, while it might be fun, it's really not worth the time to do any speculation because I'm never right. (laughs) (laughs) You and 99% of all the other comments that are predicted, you know. Yeah, yeah. Oh, well. And me. Yeah. I mean, obviously. I'm throwing myself <laughs> in there. I mean, mine's 100%, but, you know. Yeah, we already talked about Renslayer's really brief appearance mm-hmm. at the end there. Did you? I don't think, I don't know what else I had to say. So, all right. Uh, well, I guess the only thing left to do is say bye. Thanks for listening, everybody. Shallows is created and produced by the both of us. Edited by Mo. The soundtrack for The Wallowing in the Shallows, Loki Season 2, is Apache Rock Instrumental by Sound Atelier. Available on Gemendo.com. You can send us feedback at witstvpod at gmail.com. That's W-I-T-S-T-V-P-O-D at gmail.com. And subscribe. And subscribe. Subscribe. Hit that subscribe button. Like and subscribe.